Amen. All right, if you will take your Bibles, turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. I'm going to read a fairly lengthy text. Um, well, I want to be thankful. I think that's where what we've lost in our nation is we, we just have people that are not thankful. They're, they're not, they, they think everything is owed to them. And uh, man, we've got Christians that feel that way, feel like everything's owed to them. And God doesn't owe us anything. We owe Him everything. Uh, we owe we owe the Lord everything in our life. And it, because because of what He's done for us, because of the sacrifice at Calvary, because of His intercession, He ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. So, what a great what a great song just to remind us to be thankful. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number seven. If you found your place and you can, would you stand? Like I said, we're going to read a fairly lengthy portion. I want to give you a thought uh, this morning on some things we should never forget. Some things we should never forget. If you will, Deuteronomy chapter 7, look with me in verse number 6. Moses is discussing with the children of Israel as they're coming to the end of their journey, preparing to head over into the land of Canaan. And these are some things that... Moses is sharing with the nation of Israel one last time as they head over into the land of Canaan. Moses will not get to go into Canaan, but Joshua will lead them over into the land of Canaan, the land of promise where the Lord had prepared for them and and prepared them for and planned for them. And uh, now as he gives them some advice, some wisdom, He kind of encourages them to remember some things. Verse number 6, the Bible says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto Himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And that is true of the nation of Israel. I think it's true of, of America as well. This is a unique nation. This is unique to all other countries of the world. And definitely God has had His hand upon the nation of the United States. Verse number seven, the Lord did not set his love upon you because, or nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, boy, aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad the Lord loved you? Not because of what you could give him, but because of what he could give you. And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt. Now therefore, uh, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, uh, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to thousands, to a thousand generations and repay them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass If ye hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, the Lord thy God shall keep 
shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Boy, I'd say America is blessed above all people. Amen. Israel is, but also I believe America is too. There shall not be male or female barren among you, among your cattle. And uh, the Lord, uh, or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of these evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Uh, and thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall, uh, shall deliver thee, um, which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt, the great temptations which which thine eyes saw, and the signs, and the wonders, and the mighty hand, and the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. And shall and so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the day. Help us, I pray, as we consider the thought today on this Memorial Day, as we remember those who have given their lives in order that we might enjoy the freedoms that we have today. But as well, we thank you for those who have sacrificed and that even though uh, they did not give the ultimate sacrifice, they gave much of their life to help preserve those freedoms that were fought for and bled for and people died for in preparation to make our nation what it is. And then as well, Lord, we never want to forget the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what He did for us, and the fact that we owe You so much because of all that You've done. And we thank You for the kindness that You've demonstrated and the mercy You've shown. I pray now that You bless the time together, bless the preaching of the Word. I pray that the Holy Spirit will do His work in the hearts of Your people. And I pray as well, if there's somebody here that's never been saved, that doesn't know the free pardon of sin, and doesn't know what it's like to be free from the burden of sin, I pray that they would be convicted and drawn today, and that they would repent and trust the Lord as their Savior. Thank You, Father, for Your love and Your grace and Your mercy to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In Deuteronomy chapter number 7, we have already said that Israel is receiving instruction from Moses about as they prepare to head into the land of Canaan. Now Israel, without a doubt, has been blessed by God in many ways, even up to this point. Early in the, early in the years of their existence, God had blessed them and done great things and had chosen them as a peculiar people. God had chosen Israel as a peculiar people in order that He might reveal Himself unto the rest of the world. He does that today through the church, this redeemed group of people that we have 
here today. God has chosen us to uh, be a platform on which He can perform in order that He might reveal Himself unto the world. And we have an obligation to get the gospel out to the rest of the world. And as Moses begins to give them some instruction on living and succeeding in the land of promise, he reminds them of several things about themselves and where they are. First of all, he reminds them of their position in verse number 6, that they are a loved people, that they are a holy people, that they, because of what God has done and what God is doing, they're different from everybody else in all of the world. They have a different God. Matter of fact, he said in one place that their rock is not as our rock. And uh, their rock sold them out, but our rock is ever faithful. And, and we're a different people because of our relationship with the Lord. I think that's said of Christianity today, without a doubt. God's people ought to be a different people because of what do- God has done for us. And so our position is different. Our provision is different. Verse number 7, He loved us and He didn't choose us because we were more in number or because we were more powerful, but simply because He chose to love us. Aren't you glad He chose to love you? God chooses to love you. We love Him because He first loved us. And why did He love us? Did He love us because we were great in number? Did He love us because we were great people? Did He love us because we had great potential and great uh, uh, great abilities? No. He loved us because of our weakness. He loved us in spite of our weakness, in spite of what we could do or could not do. God loved us and set His affection upon us and, uh, and He chose us uh, because uh, he, would, he had made a promise and He wanted to keep His promise and He loves us still because he wants to keep that promise. So there's a provision, there's a position of holy people, a provision of love. And then he talks about their power in verse number 17. He said, if thou shalt say in thine heart that these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? He says, don't be afraid. God's going to fight for you. God's going to send the hornet and God's going to send and one of you shall chase a thousand and a hundred shall chase 10,000 and God is going to do great works on your behalf because of his love and his provision and because of his power. Everything that we accomplish is because of the power of God. It's not because of our abilities. It's not because of our savvy. It's not because of our, uh, of our strengths and our, our, uh, our, our knowledge and our wisdom, but rather it's because of the power of God that we are able to succeed and conquer our foes and progress in the work of the Lord and in the things of the Lord. So there's a great power in remembering the things that God has done for you and I and what God had done for Israel in times past. There's a great power in remembering those things. So throughout their wilderness wanderings, they had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because they had doubted the Lord and because throughout their wilderness wanderings the Lord of heaven gave Israel several things by which they should be about which they should be mindful one of the first things he gave them was uh, that they should remember is that God promises the remembrance of his covenants boy aren't you glad that God remembers his promises that he made to you and I listen you and I are saved if you're here today and you're saved by the grace of God you're going to heaven not Not because you're a good person. Not because you've been faithful to Him. But you're going to heaven because God is faithful to you. 
You and I have done more. Listen, I have done more to hurt the cause of Christ. I have done more to disappoint the Lord. I have done more wrong probably since I've been saved than before I was saved. Because I was saved when I was 16. I've been saved a lot longer than I was not saved. But I've done more. You could not cut down enough trees and make enough paper to write down all the times I violated God's law. To write down all the times that I have disappointed the Lord. To write down all the times that I've done wrong. To write down all the times that I've disappointed myself in disappointing the Lord. You could not write down those things enough. But it's not about what I do. It's about what He has done. And it's because of His promise that He made to me that He will keep me and keep me saved by the grace of God. As far as Israel is concerned, in Genesis chapter number 9 and verse number 15, God said, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more come upon the flood to destroy all flesh. Exodus chapter number 2 and verse number 24, God heard their groaning, speaking of the nation of Israel, early in their, ca- or late in their captivity, early in their beginnings to get out of captivity, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. Leviticus chapter number 26 verses 42 and 45. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham. Will I remember it? I will remember the land. But I will for, I will for their sakes remember the covenant of their ancestors. God promises that he will remember the covenant. I am glad that I'm kept By the power and the promises of God. God is always faithful. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that He will not suffer His faithfulness to fail. I'm going to heaven not because I'm good, but I'm going to heaven because God will remember His promises. Not only God promises to the remembrance of His covenant, but also God provided the remembrance of His commandments. God has given us something to help us remember His commandments. Uh, For those of us that are saved in the New Testament era, we have what's called the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And the Bible says that He reproves the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter number 16 that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and reminds us of what we should be doing and should not be doing. For the nation of Israel, God set up a means whereby they could be reminded of the covenants or the commandments in their lives. He said in Numbers chapter number 15 verses 38 through 41, he said, speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that you seek not after your own heart nor after your own eyes uh, uh, seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which you used to go a whoring that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God I am the Lord I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God I am the Lord your God so he said listen I want you to dress differently and the way that you dress is going to be a reminder to you to keep the commandments 
commandments of the Lord. And he put fringes and a ribbon on their garments. And he said, all of this is to remind you to keep the commandments and to remind you from where you came and where you're going. So he gave us that. He gives us reminders. He gives us a remembrance of his commandments. Aren't you glad you got a copy of the Word of God? Amen. I'm glad I have a copy of the Bible that I can look in and read and know what the commandments of the Lord are, and I can read the Scriptures and understand what I'm supposed to be doing and living for the Lord. So God promises a remembrance of His covenant, but also God provides a remembrance of His commandments, and God practices the remembrances of His children. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, chapter number 8, verse number 1, after God destroyed the earth with a flood, and God remembered Noah. Aren't you glad God remembered Noah? Listen, it wasn't because God forgot Noah, God never forgot Noah. He knew exactly where Noah was and Noah was exactly where God had put him because God allowed him to go into the ark. And God just remembered. He said, I'm going to do with Noah what I had promised to do with Noah in the very beginning. And he remembered Noah. Genesis chapter number 19 and verses 20, uh, verse number 29. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and it came to pass uh, and sent Lot out of the Midst to overthrow of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities uh, which lot which lot dwelt and listen it was the prayers of Abraham that God remembered that preserved Lot's life aren't you glad God doesn't forget your prayers aren't you glad that even though you're praying and you forget your prayers God never forgets your prayers. Man, what a blessing. He remembers those things. Judges chapter number 16 and verse number 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once. O God, that I may be be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And you know what? God strengthened Samson. Samson had messed up his life. Samson had ruined his life. But yet, he asked for God's remembrance one more time. And God remembered him yet again and gave him that strength that he once had. Even when we mess up, God remembers his children. And then 1 Samuel chapter number 1 and verse number 19. And they arose up, they arose up early uh, in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered Hannah. The Lord remembered her. What was Hannah praying for? She was praying for a son. And God allowed and remembered the prayer that Hannah prayed. And God remembered the promise that he gave through the, uh, the high priest Eli. That day he remembered those things and he gave Hannah exactly what Hannah prayed for. Nehemiah chapter number 13 and verse number 31. Nehemiah, after doing all the things that he did, he said, Remember me, O God, for good. Aren't you glad that God remembers you? Aren't you glad that God knows who you are even when you mess up? Even when you step a sidestep? Even when you do things you shouldn't do? God still remembers His children as he, we pray to Him and talk to Him. God practices the remembrance of His children. Sometimes I forget who I'm talking to and I have to go through the whole role of my children. 
If I'm talking to Timothy, I may call him uh, Rebecca and Robert and then finally get to Timothy. But God never has to second guess who he's talking to when he knows his children. Praise the Lord for that. Now, how it, despite God's faithfulness, Israel, as we know, ended up forgetting God and all the works that they had received, all the blessings that they had received from his hand. Israel forgot all of that, even though God didn't forget Israel forgot all that. They forsook the Lord and went after other gods. If you read the Bible, you know that all of this is true. They began to pursue after false gods. and They began to intermingle the worship of the Lord with the worship of false gods. And ultimately what ended up happening, it brought captivity to the nation of Israel and ultimately wiped out the existence of Israel over many years and over many thousands, over a couple of thousands of thousand years until May, May 14th of 1948 when Israel was finally recognized as a nation on May 11th. They joined the uh, they joined the uh, United Nations, and then on May 14th, they were recognized as a nation for the first time in many many years. Now we should remember why the Lord put these things in writing. He reminded us of all these things as to why He told the history of Israel and why we know the history of Israel in the Old Testament in the book of First Corinthians, chapter number 10, verses 6 through 11. He says, "Now these." Things were or these things were our now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after e- evil things as they also lusted neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents neither murmur ye or complain or, or bicker or whine uh, neither murmur ye as as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So God says, I have given you the history of Israel and I have shown you all the things about Israel so that you can understand what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. So that you can see what they did and learn from their lessons and not make the same mistakes that they made. Not do this. Listen, the, the, the teacher of the school of hard knocks is the worst way to learn. It's the hardest way to learn. By experience is the hardest. It's a lot better to learn by instruction or by someone else's example. Would you not agree with that? Why do I, listen, why do I have to go bankrupt to know that I need to curb my spending? Right? Well, they, they did it and they, they're, they're okay. Well, they might be okay, but why do I have to experience that if I just need to learn to discipline my spending? Why do I have to experience a life of being addicted to drugs when I can look at where drugs have taken other people and I don't have to look, I don't have to do that. I can just say, you know what? That's not a direction I really want to go. Why do I have to experience alcohol and the effects of alcohol in my life and become an alcoholic to really be know that I don't want to be an alcoholic? Why is that? Listen, I don't have to do that. I can look in the Bible and I can learn from these examples and I can look at other people's lives and learn from their examples and say, you know what? I don't want to end up like they're going to end up. And I know what we have a tendency to do. We have a tendency to think that we're different from them and we can handle it and we can control it. There has never been a sin that anybody's been able to control. 
What ends up happening is sin ends up controlling you. What know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? His servant ye are to whom ye obey. And you become a servant to sin. And so that's exactly what happened to Israel. So it would be best for me to look in the Bible, find out what Israel did wrong and say, you know what, I don't want to make the same mistake they made. I don't want to do what Israel did. I don't want to forget like Israel forgot. I don't want to have my life obliterated. I don't want to end up, I don't want to end up in captivity, a slave to somebody or something. I don't want to end up having my, my family wiped out of existence only to be maybe brought back into existence through some other means or miraculous means some other way. I don't want that to happen to me. I should learn from what they're doing in my life and what's been done in their life and I should learn what I should be doing. We should never forget the sacrifices that were made by others so that we could have the opportunities that we enjoy. We should never forget that. There are some people that made paid the ultimate sacrifice. We talked about that already. There are some that made mistakes. And I, I can remember my mom and my dad telling me things, you know, don't you do this. I did it and I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. I can remember my mom especially telling me things, son, you don't need to go down that road. You don't need to go that way. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. You don't need to do those kind of things. And I remember my mom and my dad telling me those things. And some of those things I listened to. Some of those, th- those things I didn't listen to. But both of those things I found out mom and dad were right on both the things they told me. Mom, when mama said, you don't want to go down that road, I found out after I went down that road, I didn't want to go down that road. And if I'd have learned, if I'd have just believed what mama said and just realized that I don't want to go down that road, I could have saved myself a lot of heartaches and a lot of hurt. And how, here what God is doing is saying, look at Israel. This is your example. This is, an, this is an example of what happens when you go down that road. You don't want to go down that road. And so you don't need to forget what the Lord has done for you. So as the Lord shows us these things, we should never forget the sacrifices. Some made those sacrifices on behalf of others. Some made those sacrifices themselves. But we should never forget those sacrifices that have allowed us the opportunities that we enjoy today. We should never forget those things. Now God provided for us the blessing of being born in a free country. Amen. I'm glad I'm an American. I know, like I said, I know America has a lot of faults. And I know a lot of people can talk about all the faults that America has. And I'm going to make a bold statement here. And it's probably not going to set well with some people because there's some people that don't like America. But America is not the most racist country in, in the world. America is the least racist country in the world. I promise you. I'm not saying there's no racism here. But America is the least racist country in the world. Just do a little research. You'll find out. You'll find out that America is much, a lot less racist than any other country in the world. This is still, I know that's the big thing today. Everybody's a racist. If you say anything bad about somebody, you're automatically classified as a racist. I don't know why that is, but that's just the way it is. That's the, that's the buzzword of our day. But we're still living in the greatest country in the world. The least racist country in the world. You're still living in the greatest country in the world and it's great because of the freedoms that we enjoy because there were people that preserved those freedoms and fought for those freedoms and sacrificed for those freedoms and died for those freedoms and we have the opportunities we have today because of the sacrifice of other people in days gone by. So God says you don't ever need to forget. You don't ever need to forget those things. And there's some things you should never forget. That's what I want to preach on for just a few minutes this morning. On some things you should never forget. Four real quick things and I'll be done. Number one, we should endeavor to never forget, first of all, 
where we were. Not only as a nation, but I'm talking about, now let's bring this down to us now. Those of us that are here this morning, we should never forget where we were. I don't ever want to forget where I was. God told the nation of Israel to never forget where they were. He said in Deuteronomy chapter number 5 and verse number 15, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. He says in chapter number 15, verse number 15, And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. In chapter number 16, verse number 12, And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. Verse number two, chapter 24, verse number 18, But thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in Egypt. Why did he say that four or five times? Why did he remind Israel? Because he didn't want them to ever forget where they came from. You should never forget from where you came. You should never forget where the Lord found you. I remember where the Lord found me, 111 Fairdale Drive, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, in, uh, on, in, a, in a trailer park. That's where I was. I remember where the Lord found me. And I don't ever want to forget where I was when the Lord found me. I was saved at, at Faith Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, 125 Garrett, Garrett Avenue. Guess what? Faith Baptist Church isn't in existence today. But you know what still is in existence? God's still in existence. And you know what else is still in existence. My salvation is still in existence. It doesn't matter where the church goes. It doesn't matter where the place goes. You can burn the building down. You can destroy the area, but you cannot destroy what God has done in the heart of an individual who is saved by the grace of God. No matter what you do, wherever you go. You cannot forget where you came from. You cannot forget what you once were. You remember that you were one time a bondman in Egypt. You were one time a servant to sin. You were one time a servant to Pharaoh the devil. You were one time experiencing the bondage and the bricks and the bruises of sin and society in this world. You were one time and God in His infinite mercy came to where you were and led you out of that mess and He brought you into a brand new life altogether. Don't ever forget where you came from. Don't ever forget that you were a slave to sin. Don't ever forget that you were a servant to evil. Don't ever forget that there was a time that you were subjected to the wrath of God. Don't ever forget that. But now because of Jesus Christ we have peace between us and the Lord because of what God has provided. Don't ever forget where you came from. I don't know what your testimony is. I know what my testimony is. Many of you know what my testimony is because I share it quite often. But I don't know what your testimony was. I don't know what you, where you came from. But you know where you came from. You know what you were doing. You know where you were. You know the sin that was in your heart and in your life and in your mind. You know what was going on. And you know how God has changed your life and made you different. Don't ever forget where you came from. Remember that you were one time a bondman in Egypt. Now that number two, remember not only where you, where you, we were, but also we need to remember where we are. Deuteronomy chapter number eight, verses two through ten, the Bible says over there, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. Remember where you are and how that the Lord has led you to where you are today. Guess what? You are in a provided place. Aren't you, got a place? Aren't you glad you have a place where you can come and worship the Lord? Amen. 
Aren't you glad you have a place that you can come that is provided? You, have, you haven't necessarily had to pay anything for it. You haven't necessarily had to do anything. Matter of fact, many of you, the church was in existence before you even knew, before you even knew the Lord. But now you have a provided place where you can come and you can take a few minutes out of your Sunday and you can take a few minutes out of your Wednesday and you can come into the house of God and for just a little while you can forget about all the cares that are on the outside. For just a little while you can forget about the bills that have to be paid and you can forget about the sicknesses that are out there and you can forget about the burdens for just a little while and you can come into a place that is provided for you and is comfortable for you and you can come in and you can spend a little time focusing on how good God has been and what God has done in your life and you can praise Him and you can thank Him. Aren't you glad you've got a place that you can come that's provided for you to be able to worship the Lord. It's a provided place. It's not only a provided place, it's a planned place. This is a place where the Lord had for you. He had a place for them. He had a place called Canaan land that was provided for them, that was given to them. He had a place called Canaan that was given to them. And it was provided for them and it was planned for them. He said, from the very beginning, when I took you out of Egypt, it wasn't just to have you wander in the wilderness for 40 years and then forget about it. No, there's a place that flows with milk and honey where the grapes are good and the honey is sweet. Then God's blessings are real. There's a place I have provided for you and I have planned for you to enjoy the blessings and the promises of God. You know, as a child of God, we have been given. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It's not, listen, what people are experiencing in Christianity today is not all that Christianity is. Somebody say amen to that. We live in a day where Christians are sad and Christians are depressed and Christians are bothered and Christians are this and Christians are that. Man, I think it's about time we just get back to loving God again. I think it's about time we make God the focus again. I think it's about time we get back to coming into church and saying, bless me, bless me, that we come in and just say, I'm going to bless the Lord today. I'm going to bless the Lord with all that is within me. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come into His presence with thanksgiving and enter His courts with praise and I'm going to be thankful unto Him and I'm going to bless His name. When was the last time you entered into this planned place, this provided place, just to bless the Lord instead of always asking the Lord to bless you? God has been good. God has been good to you. God has been good to me. Man, I'm so thankful for what God has done. I'm so thankful for His mercy. God doesn't have to be good to me. God did not have to bless me. God did not have to do anything. I've done enough to make God angry since I've been saved. God could pinch my head off and cast me in hell if He so chose and be just in doing so. But He has become both just and the justifier in justifying me because of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. Man, you can't forget where you are. You can, we can't forget where we are. It's a provided place. We're in a planned place. We're in a prospering place. Man, I tell you, serving the Lord pays off. Somebody say amen to that. Serving the Lord pays off. Putting Jesus first pays off. It pays off in your family. It pays off in dividends that sometimes are not tangible. It pays off in dividends that a lot of people cannot purchase. There's no way that they have the money to purchase some of the things. Listen, to be able to have the peace of God lying on your bed at night, to be able to know that if you if you were to slip out and slip into eternity, that you would know you were wake up in the presence of the Lord, and there's no fear in that. There's no dread in that. There's nothing that would cause you to wonder about that. No. And isn't it nice to know that the Holy Spirit 
Spirit is on the inside witnessing to you and telling you, man, you've got it. You've got it. Man, it's good when the Holy Spirit tells you you got it. Man, what a blessing. Can't forget where you are. You're in a provided place. You're in a planned place. You're in a prospering place. That's where they were headed to be. They were headed into this place called Canaan land. And God has a place like that for you. You don't have to, you don't have to live in mediocrity. Uh, you don't have to be the average Christian. Because what is called average Christianity today is so below average from what the average Christian was in the New Testament. It's hard to believe that we're even the same kind of Christians. So, don't ever forget where we are, where we were. Man, you can't forget where you were. And you can't forget where you are. Even if I'm not at church, I'm still a member of the family of God. <laughs> Even if I'm not at church, I can still go in my secret place and get a... He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't it nice to know that when I dwell in the secret place... There's somebody hovering over me and his presence is real with me even in the secret place. Man, what a blessing. Remember where we are. Don't forget where you were. But don't forget where you are. Sometimes it's easy to do that, isn't it? Troubles come, problems come, burdens come, sicknesses come, hurts come. And you forget, man, how good God has been. And you forget where you are. Don't forget where you are. Don't forget number three. Don't forget what we have. Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verse number 18, the Bible says over there, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. You remember what you have. You have the power to get wealth. You have... You have, because God gave it to you, the ability to enjoy the prosperity of the Christian life. Now stay with me. I'm not talking about just being rich. I'm talking about being rich in the blessings of God. Some of us may never be rich, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, there's some things that I would not trade what I've got with the money, all the money in the world. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I'd rather maintain my joy. If it means not being rich, I'd rather maintain my joy. There was a man when we were up at the, uh, when we were up at, uh, uh, at Anchor Baptist Church at their share uh, for their radio station, uh, brother, uh, brother Randy Barton, the pastor up there was telling about a, 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 a Venezuelan pastor who was there in Venezuela. And you know all the unrest that's going on down there and the wealth. Uh, there's, there's no wealth. There's no money. There's nothing. There's no food there. And one of the Venezuelan pastors that he talked to, he was, uh, he was asking me, he said, is there anything we can do for you? And he said, yes. He said, pray. He said, because he said, listen to what he said. He said, if it means means if it means to in order to have the wealth in order to eat uh, that we have to sacrifice revival to get our life back I would rather not have any food to eat and have revival than I would to sacrifice revival in order to have food on my table you know not everybody can say that but I'll tell you, somebody that has experienced the prosperity of the touch and the presence of God in their life they don't want to trade that for anything 
They don't want to trade God working in their family. I'm telling you, it's a blessing to see God work in young people. I like it when God woos them to the altar and they come to the altar and they're crying. Somebody say amen to that. Hard-hearted young people nowadays, you know them. they got calloused hearts, hard hearts, wicked hearts, vile hearts. Much unlike us older people, we're not old and calloused and wicked or anything like that. We're, we're not like the young people of our day. But I'll tell you, I'd like to, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to, I like it when somebody who's never, never goes to the altar, all of a sudden goes to the altar. I like it when people get, go out of their way. Somebody that's stuck in the middle of the, middle of the row, fights their way out of the altar, just out of the road in order to make it to the altar. I like seeing that. I'm telling you what's the truth. When they, when God begins to work on their heart and they make their way to the altar and they begin to get things right, there's a joy and a peace and a comfort that they enjoy that money cannot afford. You can throw money at it and you, and I know the Bible says money answereth all things, but I understand as well that that's in the book of Ecclesiastes and that's human reason, human wisdom. And you, I'm telling you what's the truth. We have a lot of people that think money answers everything. If we just need to give it more money. No, I'll tell you what we need. We don't need more money. We need more God. We don't need more money. We need more of the Holy Spirit. We don't need more money. And I understand we got all the Holy Spirit. We got all of God when we were saved. I understand all of that. But I'm telling you, we need to yield more to God and let God work in our lives. We need to surrender to what the Lord wants to do. We need to be obedient to the will of the Lord. And I'm telling you, God will begin to do things that you won't want to lose. If anybody has ever experienced God's presence, they'll never be happy until they experience it again. I'm telling you the truth. So, don't don't forget. Don't you ever forget where you were, where you are, what you have. You have approach to the Lord's presence. You have access to the Lord's power. And you have availability of the Lord's promises. All are available for you. But not that number four. Don't ever forget where you're going. Uh, the, he did not want them to forget that they were headed into Canaan. Deuteronomy chapter number 9 verse number 1, Moses tells the children of Israel, Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in and possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, whom thou knowest. And of whom thou hast said, uh, thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he, uh, the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face. Thou shalt not drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said unto thee. Speak thou, speak not thou in thine heart after that the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee saying, for my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land, but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God to drive them out from before thee, that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not his good land to possess it 
for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 13. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Listen, don't forget where you're going. What you have in Jesus Christ right now can be experienced right now. Eternal life can be experienced right now. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I do not have to wait to get to heaven to experience eternal life. I can experience it right now. I can experience it because I have it in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ lives in me and the Holy Spirit lives in me. I have, and I have the Word of God and it's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I have everything necessary to live for the Lord now. But I'm not done yet. Did you know the Bible says that we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? We have a place that we're going that we haven't caught up to where we are yet. In the mind and eyes of God, we're already there. When John saw in Revelation chapter number 20 all those redeemed, he saw you and I that are saved by the grace of God. Already, Revelation chapter 20, 21, John saw you and I already there. We were already there. You say, how in the world? Because in the mind of God, in the mind of God, it was settled. Now, I'm not preaching Calvinism, so I can already feel a little kickback. Uh, I still understand there's a human responsibility. Somebody say amen. That's why he commands all men everywhere to repent. But God knows who's going to be saved and who is not going to be saved. But he still, God commands all men everywhere to repent. And Jesus is the light that lighteth all men that cometh into the world. And Christ sacrificed himself on the cross and resurrected so that all men could be justified. But we just haven't caught up to where we are yet. We haven't caught up to where we are. Where are we going? We're on our way Yes, we get to enjoy the promised land here. We are in a place of praising here. We get to praise the Lord every day. We ought to praise the Lord every day. Don't you agree with that? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 150. Matter of fact, the last 10 Psalms do nothing but praise the Lord. We're in a praising place. We ought to be praising the Lord every day. You ought to praise the Lord when you get up in the morning. Boy, guess what? This morning you experienced something that not everybody got to experience. And not everybody understood completely. And that was those new mercies. Better than a new car smell. Better than the smell of new money. New mercies were experienced this morning by you. You were able to get up and walk out of your, out of your house and drive to the house of God. Or ride to the house of God. And you were able to be in a church where the word of God is preached. And you were able to hear a message about how good God is and how you should never forget it. And you, God, in His mercy, allowed you to be able to be in a place where you can praise Him today for how good He's been to you. It's a place of praising Man, we ought to, we sang, we sang and praised. We sang and praised the congregational songs. And as we were singing and praising during the congregational songs, we were in our hearts praising the Lord and thanking the Lord for His mercy and His goodness. We are, where we are going is a place of praising as well. There's a place over on the other side where everybody sings and praises. Amen. Thank God you won't need a song book, but I promise you this much, you won't be standing there looking around at the carpet and the ceilings and everything else. Your mouth will begin to voice the 
praises up to, of God, you'll begin to sing. I'll tell you, we'll have everybody 100% participation. Everybody will be singing over on the other side. Hallelujah. Everybody's going to be enjoying and praising God. Everybody's going to be praising the Lord. It's a praising place. Man, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm tired of hearing people curse God. I'm tired of hearing people tell everything bad negative about God. Where was God? Where is God? Where I tell you where God is. The Lord is in His holy temple. And there are people that are given to redemption that now praise our God. And I think we ought to praise Him. Don't ever forget where you're going. Do you realize, child of God, you're on your way to heaven? You don't deserve to be there just like I don't deserve to be there. We're wicked sinners, vile and ungodly. We have nothing to offer God. Not one thing do we have to offer God. Nothing. You have nothing to offer God. You have no talents that are there to impress Him. Everything you have, He gave you. He gave you the power, the ability to play the guitars, to sing the songs. He gave you the power and the abilities to make the money. You say, well, I can give my... You don't have enough money to impress God. You don't have enough money. God owns a candle of a thousand hills. Matter of fact, that money you got in your pocket right now, that even belongs to God. And if He so chose to take it away, He can take it away tomorrow if He wanted to do that. He could do it, but His mercy, new mercy, you have a full billfold. You have a full refrigerator. You have a full freezer because of the mercies of God. Man, alive. I was thinking, well, it's a place of praising. It's a place of protection. Well, you know, when we get over on the other side, there'll be no devil over there. Man, what a blessing that is. I'll tell you that. That's just about making an Episcopalian say, whoop. A redeemed Episcopalian, but I'm telling you, there'll be protection from the devil. I like what the Bible says. The Bible says there will be nothing that entereth in that maketh a lie. I won't be tempted to lie anymore. I'll be, I'll be protected from temptation. What about that? I'll be protected from the devil. I'll be protected from temptation. Man, you talk about a place of protection. I'll be able to praise the Lord. I won't have to worry about what my eye sees that affects my heart. I won't have to worry about any of that stuff. I won't have to worry about any of that. Everything will be about praising God. What a great blessing that is going to be. I still remember my sister's here. I'm glad my sister was able to make it down uh, from Kentucky. And uh, she's with us. And I remember, I don't know if she remembers this, but the church I was saved in was not a very alive church. There weren't many amens. If you got a head nod, probably that was meant that something good was really said. And we were on the verge of having a shouting spell or is about to get out of the banks just by somebody doing that. It was just a very quiet church. And uh, the sound system was bad. The way the sound system was, it sounded like you were in a jar. And so people didn't sound good and things. Anyway, it was, it was, but that's the way the church was. And I remember my pastor didn't get excited like I get excited. The preacher I saved under didn't get excited like I get excited. And as he would preach, I remember one day he said, heaven is going to be like a big church service. I'm sorry, but I thought to myself, I put my head in my hands and I said, Lord, it's got to be. It's not going to be exactly like this, is it? I'm sorry, I was young in the Lord. I wasn't necessarily listening to everything as much as I was trying to experience some things. Forgive me, 
But I'll tell you what, I'm glad when I got around a place that was alive and there was a little bit of joy there and there were people that came to praise the Lord and all of a sudden I said, now if heaven's like this, yeah, I like this. This is good. This is better than a football game. This is better than a baseball game, basketball game. This is better than my team winning. This is better, man. I like this. This is good. This is a place where you go with anticipation and with joy. And you get to experience the presence of God. Man, I remember what it was like. And it's a place of protection from boredom and a place of protection from deadness. It's a place of protection from all that. Aren't you glad that there'll be a place where all your attention will be focused on the one that should be focused on all the time and there'll be no distress distractions that will take it away uh, take away your attention from anything else you're protected from that uh, distraction as well but the best thing I like about it it's a place of permanence I'll never have to say goodbye to a loved one over on the other side I'll dwell with them forever because of the Lord Jesus Christ we'll be able to be together forever We'll be able to celebrate forever. We'll be able to praise Him forever. And I know what we say. We'll be running down the streets of gold and kicking up the gold dust and things like that. But I'll be honest with you. I think for the first probably 10 million years, we'll all be on our faces before God just thanking Him for the opportunity just to be in His presence. The ones that we've tried to give our life for, we finally get to see Him. We finally get to see Him. We finally get to hold Him by the legs. We finally get to kiss His feet. We finally get to see the nail prints in His hand. We finally get to see Him. And it's forever. Man, what a blessing. I don't want to ever forget where I'm going. Don't ever forget. Listen. Learn from Israel. Don't ever forget where you were. Don't ever forget where you were. Don't ever forget where you are. You're blessed people. Don't ever forget what you have. And don't ever forget where you're going. As we set aside this Memorial Day to remember, those are some things we need to remember. Would you stand with your heads bowed? Father, I thank you and I praise you for your kindness and your grace and your love and your mercy. Oh, Lord God, I'm so thankful I'm saved. I'm so thankful for your mercy that is new every morning. I'm thankful for the new mercies I received today. God, I don't want to ever forget where I was. I still remember. I remember so many things about it. I remember the things I've done. I remember the things that I've allowed to enter into my life. And I still struggle with today because of the things that I did. And I apologize, Lord, that those things were there, but I sure am glad I'm not there anymore. Glad I'm not there. I'm glad I'm living somewhere else. I don't want to ever forget where I came from, though. I don't want to ever forget what I have. Lord, you've blessed me so much. I don't want to ever forget where I'm going. Father, I pray that you'd help us to have the reminder of heaven and the joys of The bliss of heaven always at our forefront, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And if there's somebody here that's never been saved, Lord, they don't know where they're going. I pray the Holy Spirit would so convince them and convict them that they would not get away from the fact that you love them beyond what they even understand in sending your son to die for their sin and that they can be 
a part of the redeemed today just by trusting Jesus. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit will work. Do a work in our hearts. Help us to be a revived people. We'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Instruments are playing. The altar's open. As God's spoken to you hard, I encourage you to do business with the Lord. Great song. Boy, the Lord's faithful. He sure is good to us. God has been so good to us. You obey the Lord today, whatever God speaks to you about. If you're here today and you're not saved, if you'll meet me down front, if you'll come and just say, Preacher, I don't know I'm going to heaven. We can show you what the Bible says, not what I say, or not what somebody else says, but what the Bible says. Would you obey the Lord today?